0: This is Your Calls Media Roundtable. I'm Rose Aguilar. Now we are going to discuss a ProPublica Texas Tribune investigation revealing that despite decades of mass shootings in Texas, politicians have failed to pass meaningful gun control laws. The majority of the state's 19 mass shootings over the past six decades were carried out by men who legally possessed firearms. Joining us are two reporters who worked on this investigation. Jessica Priest is an engagement reporter on the ProPublica Texas Tribune investigative initiative. She previously helped launch the Fort Worth Report as one of three reporters for the nonprofit news outlet. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Great to have you. Perla Treviso is an award-winning reporter with the ProPublica Texas Tribune investigative initiative. She's written from nearly a dozen countries, from African refugee camps to remote Guatemalan villages. Hi, Perla. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having us. Great to have both of you. And thank you for this really important piece, devastating but very important You detailed selected Texas mass shootings in which at least three people were killed, starting with the 1966 massacre of 16 people at the University of Texas at Austin. And then, tragically, it also obviously includes the Uvalde massacre. Uh, Perla, can you tell us why you decided to really look at these mass shootings. And, and the way that you did it is you name the shooting, the date, the victims, the description, and the shooter background, the weapons, how they were acquired, and then what happened after. Why did you decide to put this piece together like this? It's very effective.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when when the shooting in valley happened, we all got together and we knew that we we had to to look into this and see what we could do as a as a team um, from El Paso um, and, you know, in 2019, we had a mass shooting here and then, you know, shortly after there was yet another shooting. So we, you know, reporters in Texas had been covering mass shootings, uh, what seemed t- way too often. And, and we wanted to know, okay, well, is there anything that connects the shootings? And more importantly, so you know what were lawmakers saying after the shootings and what a- what actually happened after? And so we set out to to break them apart in this easy to understand way that it's it's clear you know you know you see the types of weapons, you see how they obtain the weapons, where we could get that information. And then we combed through 700 bills um, since the 60s to try to gather, and and get a better sense of what was the, the reaction spoken reaction and what was the action, um, after this incident.
0: And we'll talk about the lack of action on laws in a minute, but first, Jessica, just going through all of these shootings and looking at the details, the background of the shooter, the weapon that was used, how the weapons were bought, what really stood out to you? Did you notice any trends? Um,
2: trends well uh one thing we wrote about this past week is that um a majority of the shooters uh obtained their weapons legally um i think it was 13 out of the 19 and um so that was the thing that stuck out to me the most mm-hmm. was that there there was um two shooters that did not have They weren't legally uh, allowed to possess a weapon, but because Texas does not have a requirement for um, people to go through a background check if they're getting a weapon, um, a firearm from a private individual, uh, they were able to obtain it legally.
0: Perla, what about you? What stood out for you digging through all of this information?
1: I I think the... You know, when when we hear of incidents like this, we hear from, from elected officials about the emphasis on criminals, or you, sometimes you hear on the emphasis of underage shooters. And I think what this showed us is that there is no one profile, right? If you just focus on raising the age, you're not addressing the entire issue. If you're just focused on people with a criminal background, you're missing a lot of these cases. So, you know, we, we you see the the wide range of, of individuals who end up committing this mass shootings and and the type of weapon you you start seeing that increasingly that it's focused on semi-automatic rifles that uh, lawmakers have tried to to ban and, and at one point were banned at the federal level so you do see us, as, as you go through the years they're happening more often and the weapon that's being used more often is is a
0: semi-automatic rifle right well just to focus on what happened at Robb Elementary School, that shooting in Uvalde on May 24th, 2022, 21 people killed, 17 injured. And it's ah, so chilling. You've got that photo of the little kids just running past police officers. And just to remind listeners, two AR-15 style rifles were used in that massacre. And as you report, the shooter legally bought a rifle online. The day he turned 18, online, on May 17th, the day after his birthday, he purchased another rifle at a local gun shop. He also eventually bought 60 magazines and more than 2,000 rounds rounds of ammunition, according to the House committee report. And, And I think this is also very powerful, Jessica, in the piece. You point out that at least 15 bills filed in the Texas legislature between 1989 and 2021 that failed to pass would have made it illegal for this shooter to purchase this type of weapon because of his age also classified the rifles as a type of banned assault weapon or made it illegal to possess or sell large capacity magazines with more than 20 rounds. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, we saw these bills
2: um, filed mostly by Democrats over the years, and they just didn't get any traction they um would be referred to a committee and they would just languish in that committee um not be voted out and if they were voted out they never made it to uh, the floor of either the house or senate in texas
0: for a vote um yeah so um uh, yeah Well, and so, Perla, so can you give us a sense of what the politics is like in Texas specifically on this issue? So if these bills, are they are the overwhelming majority of these gun control bills introduced by Democrats?
1: That's that's what we found. Um, By and large, they were introduced by Democrats and what we're seeing uh, in this session, the first session since the Uvalde shooting. Um, Again, most of these measures are introduced by by Democrats, I think, you know, what do we hear from Republican leaders, including Governor, Governor Abbott, is that this sense that more laws are not the solution. Um, Governor Abbott, you know, has has repeatedly said that, you know, they we, we would hear com- or we would come across comments of the the evil in our society. Or if, you know, if a madman wants to commit this type of act, doesn't matter what kind of laws are out there. They're going to go ahead and do it. Um, you know, even interestingly, so even when. Days after the Uvalde shooting, we mentioned in the story that there was a, the NRA convention in Houston, Texas, and and Governor Abbott ended up not attending in person, but he he issued a, a pre they they showed a pre recorded statement where where he basically said that this is not this is not the solution. More laws are not the the solution to this sort of incidents. And so what we hear from from particularly. Republican leadership is the need for, for more mental health resources, the the need to hearten schools. And by that they mean, you know, they established a school marshal's program or um, they talked about detectors in schools or, or just ways to, to make schools, you know, to the, the access to school harder. Um, so that, that seems to be the focus from what we can tell.
0: Right. And, and it's important to remind listeners that Governor Greg Abbott made that pre-recorded speech to the NRA Association just three days after that horrific shooting. And since then, as you report that he's argued against legislation that would raise the age to purchase assault style weapons in Texas. Um, And, you know, can you give us a sense overall, when you look at how the vote comes down? Um, Do the majority of Democrats vote for this gun legislation? And then the majority of Republicans oppose it?
1: so as jessica mentioned like a lot of this instance issues have not come up even for a vote
0: they don't come up for a vote. um so
1: okay. so they they end up dying when in the in the earlier stages mm. so it's it, it it's not um easy to see but you know you you are talking about politics in texas right so even even coming from democrats you do see some you know support again for the the issue of mental health or school safety you do um you know have more conservative Democrats who who would not be necessarily in favor of, of gun control type of of bills. But, you know, there's no no record um, in a lot
0: of these cases. Right. That is Perla Treviso, an award winning reporter for the ProPublica Texas Tribune Investigative Initiative. Jessica Priest is an engagement reporter on the team, and they are out with an investigation revealing that despite decades of mass shootings in Texas, legislators have failed to pass meaningful gun control laws. And if you'd like to join the conversation, if you have any questions about this, Um, You know that we often change our show or at least add a segment when there is a mass shooting in this country. Right now, um, there have been more than one mass shootings every day in this country. You can give us a call at 866-798-8255. You can also email your call at KALW.org. I I just want to ask you both, if you have anything um, new to add about what is happening in uvalde according to reports two families have filed lawsuits their children were wounded by bullets and shrapnel and both have been diagnosed with ptsd These were lawsuits filed against different branches of law enforcement, the city of Uvalde, Uvalde County, the Uvalde School District, and the companies that manufactured and sold the gun used in the shooting. And then in December, students, teachers, and parents filed a $27 billion lawsuit against law enforcement for the slow response to the shooting. Jessica, have you been in touch with the community in Uvalde since that shooting? And is, is there anything new to report? I mean, it's just devastating. Some of the parents are very active on Twitter.
2: Yeah, um, our investigation didn't focus on that, but um, we have a lot of colleagues at the Texas Tribune um, who have spoken with the victims' families. And Perla actually spoke um, for our most recent story with uh, Brett Cross, who lost his son in Uvalde, um so she can she can elaborate on what he said
0: Perla uh,
1: yeah to to add to that I, I think you just you know as you said some families have become very active on this you know they they've held vigils they've um gone to the state capitol they're trying to hold lawmakers uh, and state officials accountable, you know. Brett Cross is just, you know. He said the 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 last story that we did basically during the state of the state address, Governor Abbott was talking about gun crime, and you know he 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 asserted that most of that gun crime is committed by criminals who illegally possess the firearms. And I was asking this this parent about it, and he said, you know, I don't disagree that if you're a criminal, you shouldn't have a gun, but you know, what about mass shootings such as our incident he said you know our shooter was not a criminal until he committed you know until he killed my kid essentially and so you you do have uh, at least a, a group of, of of parents and and community members active and in, in trying to hold lawmakers accountable one of the things that they've been pushing for is to raise the age to buy um semi-automatic assault weapons or, or rifles Essentially saying, you know, if this guy who had tried to get the firearms before he turned 18 and people, you know, he didn't succeed, if he had been frustrated a little longer, maybe my child would be alive today.
0: Hmm. Well, as you report in your piece, one Republican wants to amend the Texas Constitution to prohibit lawmakers from regulating firearms altogether. Perla, do you think that this would ever pass? I, I don't. I don't
1: think so. Um, you know, and, and, and Jessica did a, a, a lot of the the review of the bills, but I, I think you, you know from what we could tell on and off. I, I think the focus a lot has been on expanding where you can carry your weapon. For instance, following the El Paso and Midland Odessa shootings mm-hmm. in the next session in twenty twenty one, Texas passed a law that basically you could carry, you know, your concealed, uh, permitless carry. Weapons where you didn 't have to apply for a permit or or have a license or or training to carry a weapon in Texas, so it seems that that seems to be the focus. Um, I have a hard time seeing how something like that will would pass, but I guess we'll we'll see yet mm-hmm. to be determined
0: you, you know you 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 really make an effective point in this piece about how some other states have acted, um, and it 's devastating that it takes a mass shooting for politicians to act. Uh, But that's, you know, the, 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 the power of the gun lobby. In Colorado, the legislature passed universal background checks in 2013 after a shooter at an Aurora movie theater killed 12 people after 58 people were shot dead. During that 2017 concert in Las Vegas, 58 people, the Nevada legislature passed a red flag law that allows a judge to order that weapons be taken from people who are deemed a threat. And then in Florida in 2018, then Governor Rick Scott signed a bill that raised the minimum age to buy fire, a firearm to 21 after a teenager with a semi-automatic rifle opened fire at a Parkland high school, killing 17 people. Uh, but as you report, Jessica, it's not the same in Texas. Uh, you've had many, many shootings as you lay out here, but nothing has been done.
2: Yeah, the example from Florida um, stuck out to me the most because um, there is a state um, with a Republican governor, I think it's a Republican legislature, I could be wrong on that, but that seemed most comparable to Texas and that that state um, did pass, did respond in some way to Parkland. And you don't see that in Texas.
0: Right. Can we talk about the power of the gun lobby in Texas? And, and based on the reporting you've done, the people you've interviewed, what's it going to take? According to Open Secrets, Texas representatives in the 117th Congress took more money from gun groups than lawmakers in any other state. Senators and House members representing Texas have received more than $2 million in contributions from gun groups over the course of their careers, much of that coming from the NRA. Texas ranks second among the 19 states tracked by Open Secrets for state-level lobbying by gun rights groups, with more than $3 million in spending from 2015 through 2021, which really is a drop in the bucket when you look at the profits that these gun companies are making. What are your thoughts about the power of the gun lobby in Texas, Perla, And you know what do Democrats who actually want to pass these laws and advocates tell you? What will it take?
1: So you know we we posed this question to a couple of political scientists here in Texas because you you know as as I said we had those two shootings in 2019 then we go to 2021 and we you know Texas lawmakers actually move the opposite direction then we have the Uvalde shooting um, where you know 19 children and two teachers lost their lives then. And when when top uh, lawmakers announce their legislative priorities, gun c- control type of bills uh, w- was not among the uh, you know among those priorities. So you know it's a you know why why can uh, Texas lawmakers um, move in the opposite direction despite the incidents that we continue to have? And, and and one thing that both uh, political scientists uh, told us was that you know Texas meets the legislature meets every two years. Um, which is different than in other states and only for a few months. And so for, you know, if, if the, one of the mass shootings happens in between sessions and the governor does not call a special session, which he hasn't, then by the time that the, they meet again, kind of, you know, people have moved on in a sense. And, and they have gotten, basically, they get an opportunity to reframe the issue where it's not about guns, but it's about mental health. It's about schools. It's about society and and the evil in society, as I mentioned previously. And you know, here in in Texas, the Republicans have uh, control of, of of all the top offices of of the House of the Senate, and so primaries become particularly important for them. And the the conservative, uh, a key conservative group, the most conservative group, is very. Um, opposed to stricter gun laws, and that happens to be a key deciding voting block for for the Republican Party here in the state. And so according to these experts, you know, that ends up playing a big role in what we see happening uh, during the legislative session, even, even following some of these incidents. Hmm.
0: We have an email from Paula who says, I think we're missing much of the impetus for mass shootings by focusing only on gun restrictions. This is my thinking. As I was forced to sit through seven violent movie previews while waiting for a nonviolent movie I had chosen, it occurred to me that we won't make progress against gun violence until we address the movie violence in which AR-15s are the norm as long as our young people are taught this methodology of ridding oneself of a perceived enemy with guns and making oneself a hero through killing the other, we will continue to experience these mass murders. People kill people when they have the belief that killing people is the right thing to do. So many issues that Paula raises get attention, whether it's the Movies, video games, obviously easy access to the guns is the, is the main issue here. There's so many other, other factors involved. Jessica, I'm wondering, did you see any trends when you looked at the shooters and why, well, at least what authorities have found about why they committed these acts of horrific violence?
2: That was one thing we were trying to determine from um, reading old clips and articles about the um, the shootings. Um, but I think we were trying to figure out, like, if there if we could have a category that spoke to a motive. Um, but in many cases, there there was no clear reason. Um, and speaking with um, an expert. Uh, Dr. James Densley at the Violence Project. One thing he told me that stuck out to me was that mass shootings are different than other forms of gun violence and that they're they're almost they're a form of suicide. Like the person is so deep in despair and they they don't it's no one expects to get away with a mass shooting, so they're they're um fully prepared to either Kill themselves, or be killed by law enforcement, or spend the rest of their life in prison.
0: Mm. Wow! Anything to add, Perla?
2: Yeah, I,
1: I think you know what we hear from experts or or those researching this type of incident. They they agree that it's not only a gun issue. It's not you know, and even uh, Democrats that we spoke with. So no one, I think, is is arguing that it's only you know the gun. Further restricting access to guns is going to solve um, this particular type of gun violence, mass shootings. But I think they they say like you can't not you know you cannot ignore it either. You're you're missing a big uh, part of the problem if you ignore it. You know they agree that you know part of it could be helping with mental health issues, having schools have more resources. Um, you know working on a a wide variety of issues, but that you cannot ignore the fact that access to guns plays a role in the type of weapons, right? I think we also mentioned in this piece that high capacity magazines, and that's something that they've tried to regulate. And and they say, you know, even if they, if they commit such crime, at least you don't have, you know, the the number of ammunition that we mentioned, some of these cases where they can cause so much harm in such a short period of time.
0: Right. Have you been able to talk to any politicians, specifically Republicans or Democrats who oppose basic gun control legislation about these issues, Perla? Unfortunately, we
1: have not been able to to talk to um, lawmakers about this. We repeatedly reached out to the top three Republican uh, office holders in Texas, the governor, the lieutenant governor and the speaker of the House, um, and requested interviews to go over our findings. We send them follow-up uh, letters detailing our our findings, and again requesting interviews. We got a written statement from one lawmaker saying, "You know, we don't think that gun control is a, a deterrent." Instead, fo- someone who focus on on schools, but you know, we we would love to have more conversations with our elected officials about this issue and get a better sense of where they come from.
0: Mm. Well, speaking of schools, I just have to mention this headline because this was a shocking story to read. But this is what happens when you arm everyone. The Texas Tribune reported yesterday, Texas superintendent resigns after student finds his gun in a school bathroom. The incident comes as lawmakers debate how to make schools safer after the Uvalde massacre and favor measures like arming more uh, educators. So a superintendent leaves the gun in the bathroom and it was found by a third grade student. I, I mean, it just, it's, it's shocking that, that that is, that's happening, but that's what happens when you arm people. Um, final thoughts from you, Jessica, in about 30 seconds or so, what are you hoping comes from this important investigation?
2: I think our goal with this investigation is um, we want everyone to read it. Texans, um, voters, voters, um because i think there's just this um like perla said because the legislature only meets every 2 years um and unfortunately these events are happening more and more often we we're forgetting the victims and what can be done and mm-hmm. i think it's important that we remember
0: yes such such a Such an important point. Jessica Priest is an engagement reporter on the ProPublica Texas Tribune Investigative Initiative. Perla Treviso is an award-winning reporter with the ProPublica Investigative Initiative. And you can find their investigation that reveals despite decades of mass shootings in Texas, legislators have failed to pass meaningful gun control laws. Democrats have introduced the laws, but they do not even come up for a debate or a vote. Jessica and Perla, thank you so much for your reporting, and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. You can find the piece at yourcallradio.org. Thanks to Malihe Razazan for producing today's show. Thanks to Kevin Vance for engineering our show. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rose Aguilar. It's your call.